Hello and welcome back to the Holistically Awakened podcast. I'm your host, Laurence, holistic health practitioner and life coach for women. And today we're talking about things that we're leaving behind in 2024 if you have PCOS and you actually want to heal. So if you've been following me for a while, um, you probably know that I started with PCOS as a nutritionist and I have evolved a lot throughout my six years of coaching and gone way beyond the food. So now I really focus on healing on a mental, physical, and emotional level, which is really a whole mind, body, soul level. So this is where I help women heal on a root cause level so that they can actually feel their best in their bodies. They can feel like themselves again and go on to do the work that they're here to do, whether that's their mission, their vision, their their purpose, to really live in alignment with their higher self, their true authentic self, and actually enjoy the life that they are here to live. And so throughout my journey, I have, as I mentioned, gone way beyond the food. And so this is why my programs have branched out into deeper healing modalities and programs and all that. And from my journey with PCOS and really healing the symptoms and not really identifying with it anymore. I have learned a lot through my own journey, which really took a long windy road because I did everything I wasn't supposed to do, quote unquote, but it was really a healing journey for me to look at what didn't work and to find what actually did work. And that was the root cause healing. And so this is why um, I think it's really powerful because I now help women bypass and skip over all of that, all of those things that are not really going to serve them and really get to the root of healing. And so this is what I do with my clients. And so I've learned a lot of lessons along the way from my own journey and clients. And this is why I want to share today what are things that I would recommend leaving out if you really want to heal this year and feel your best because I have noticed there are certain things that did not help me and my clients and certain things that really did. And so obviously I go deeper into this inside of my courses and programs, but I wanted to share this with you today. So even if you don't have PCOS, this can still benefit you because this will impact women's hormones on a whole. But if you do have PCOS, this is definitely a must listen. So the first one that I wanted to bring up is what I would leave behind if I were you in 2024, if you actually want to heal. And that is finding a new diet you think will solve everything. So it's like diet hopping. This is what I did as well. Like the next PCOS friendly diet. And, you know, whether it's like vegan or keto or carnivore or whatever it is, this can literally be like a never ending search because again, it's a band aid approach. And even though diet is a foundation to health, when we're looking at it from like a diet versus how to nourish myself, 
then we're still looking for that quick fix. Like I'm eating this way. Why is it not working? And a lot of the time it's really focused on restrictive eating and depriving yourself. So this is another thing, finding a diet that you think will solve everything. The diet will be a big foundation. It can make a really big change for you, but it's not the end all be all. And this is where we can get really um, trapped again in that hopping around and that chasing for these fixes is thinking that one thing will fix everything. And I had to learn this a real hard way. And I tried all the diets and I actually had a really restrictive diet because I was reacting to so many foods. And eventually I developed an eating disorder and I was binge eating and all these things. And I learned the hard way that it was not in a diet that I was going to heal and that I had to use food as nourishment, but it was also way beyond the food. The next one is high intensity workouts all month long. So this is something that I also touch on inside of my PCOS course and that I will be um, addressing inside of my program, Fem Harmony, which I'll talk more about. But this is the notion of cycle syncing or syncing. You can really sync anything, but it's syncing your workouts to your cycle. So looking at where are you in your cycle and adopting different practices and exercises according to where you're at. So high intensity workouts can be very stimulating. They can increase cortisol. It can cause a lot of stress on the body. And it's not something that we want to be doing all the time, like um, cardio as well, like all month long, every day throughout the month. We want to really um, tone it down, especially when it comes to the second half of the cycle and during your period. Um, I've There is still a lot of research that needs to come out around this, especially when it comes to cycling women. Unfortunately, the studies are lacking, but there is starting to be more and more research into the area of, you know, women's health and menstrual cycle and all that. But I've definitely noticed with this with my health and my clients over the years, this makes a really big impact. And so this is where when we focus more on high intensity during the first half of the cycle, this can actually benefit your body, your muscle building, your metabolism, your fat burning and all that. But when we continue it all throughout the month, especially during the second half of the cycle, it can actually backfire and make it more difficult to do all of those things and make your workout less effective. It can also um, impact your menstrual cycle, PMS, your fatigue, and all of that. We just don't want to deplete and push the female body to the max all the time. Like it needs to feel that feeling of like nourishment and safety. Otherwise, if it's constantly on this like push, 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 go, 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 then it's going to be really drained. So we really want to have a balance. And so it's not about never doing those things, but it's about, um, again, having the balance and being able to also tune in to when this is too much for me versus I'm going to power through it anyway. Like it's really about developing that intuitive relationship with your body because then you can actually tap into, oh, this is really not going to benefit me right now. And my body is really feeling cold too. 
slow it down or, you know, do some stretching or yoga or walking instead. The next one is going low carb or avoiding carbs. And so this was a real big health trend um, when keto was really popular. And I think it's starting to shift, but I think there's still a lot of fear around carbohydrates. The thing is there are different types of carbohydrates. There are the not so healthy ones and the healthier ones. We really want to focus on the fiber rich complex carbs, but carbohydrates are really important for thyroid function because if we don't have enough, they can affect T3 production and thyroid function. And we need glucose and insulin for the conversion of thyroid hormones in the liver. And so this is where it can impact our thyroid function as well as our metabolism. It can downregulate things in the body and affect all of our hormones because essentially if we're not getting enough fuel and energy, then this can really impact the female body. And it can also impact cortisol and dysregulate that, especially if you're under a lot of stress. We do need healthy carbohydrates to modulate the stress response. It's also really important for gut health. Obviously, um, a fiber-rich carbohydrates is what I'm talking about, because this is what is the food source for our good microbes. So if we're not eating those, then they don't get the fuel they need. And we do need those good microbes in our gut for overall health. Um, mood and brain health this can also really help support, um, our mood, our focus, um, by supporting serotonin, tryptophan and GABA, which all really help, um, support feelings of calm or happiness. So it's really important for optimal brain function because it's its main energy source, glucose. So we do need that for a good brain health and fertility because again, this is all of the things I talked about will impact fertility, but our bodies are really very sensitive, especially cycling women. So if we're not getting enough of the macronutrients, the carbohydrates, the nutrition, then the female body can feel like undernourished. It's not getting enough fuel. So it's not going to focus on fertility reproduction because there is a lack happening. There's not enough. So if there's not enough for you, then why would there be enough to have a baby, right? So these are all some ways that carbohydrates can really impact our health and hormones, and we do need them. It's just that we tend to get into this extremist sort of way of thinking and doing things in our society in black and white, where it's like a lot of people talk about carbs and they talk about like potato chips and cake. And so then they're like, carbs aren't good, but it's like, that's not all there is. We, we do need to look at like, go back to the basics. Like what are healthy carbohydrates that our ancestors actually ate and could recognize, right? Like a lot of, even if it comes to protein and fats, they can all be demonized because we're eating a lot of fake food now that's highly inflammatory. And that's not the kind of food that I'm talking about here. We need all macronutrients, but we need them in healthy amounts and that are actually like whole food based. So that's a little rant on carbs. And the next one will be eating fake meat and Franken food. So what I mean here is like, we have a lot of these 
and new products, especially with the rise of veganism and what's happening is that, for instance, things like Beyond Meat, it's just a lot of ingredients and a lot of added, added um, fillers and a lot of junk to be honest that's added in these foods to make them taste good and they're not whole food based they have a long list of ingredients they can be highly inflammatory with seed oils and artificial ingredients and all of these sorts of things and that can be really difficult for us to digest and process and essentially it's processed food because I think it's easy to get caught up in the oh it's gluten-free or it's vegan or it's keto or whatever but if it's processed food, it's processed food. So we really want to get back to eating whole foods. Again, it can sound really boring and like too simple, but that's where a lot of people go wrong is they overcomplicate it. And then they get into all sorts of trouble with their health and eating habits. And it really comes down to the basics. Like it really comes down to the foundations of, are you eating whole foods? That's always where you want to start. The next one is using conventional beauty products. So I go into this deeper into my online course, um, the PCOS course, which I will link in the show notes. But especially in North America, there are hundreds, if not thousands of chemicals that are being used in everyday products. And for the average woman, we're putting a lot of products on our face, on our bodies. And this is this adds up. And so this can be like parabens, parabens and phthalates and all other sorts of ingredients that are linked to endocrine disruption and even cancers and hormonal imbalances and all of these things, immune dysfunction. So we really want to swap those out for natural products. I'll link as well um, my shop page on my website where I have lots of products that I really like, um, including some beauty products. There are many, many more. I do have a whole list inside of the PCOS course too. And I also recommend using the Yucca app, which I will also put in the show notes, which you can scan um, products when you're shopping and see like, is it clean? Is it not clean? Because there are many other new products that are like natural and don't have all of these added ingredients that are endocrine disrupting and they also work without having this impact on your health because it's not just about what you're putting in your body but putting on your body because that is being absorbed the next one is prioritizing blood tests over how you feel so this is something that i see a lot where a lot of women will postpone working with a coach or changing their lifestyle or doing anything differently because they they need to have blood tests first or they need to get all of their tests done. And I'm not saying that blood tests aren't important or useful, but what can happen is, first of all, they're not going to give you all the answers. They can be inaccurate, especially if you're not looking at like the optimal ranges and Blood testing is also not going to give you all the answers. For instance, there is hair mineral analysis and saliva testing and poop testing. And there's all different sorts of testings that will help you get further because blood testing doesn't show everything. And it also doesn't pick up on anything, everything. And also depends on who is interpreting your test. 
And if they're actually looking at the optimal ranges or they're just looking at the normal ranges, there's so many factors. And second of all, a lot of the time, your blood test can come back normal, but you don't feel good. You have symptoms, you feel like shit. And so this is where it can get really frustrating where people can be like, oh, your lab work is fine. It's great. It's normal. But you're just like, I need answers, right? So the authority is really you. If you don't feel good, you need to go by that. Like that means that there is deeper things to look at and issues to heal and imbalances to heal and all of that. So we don't want to prioritize tests over how you feel, because this is where we can gaslight people and bypass ourselves. And it can also postpone taking any action or making any changes now, because we're waiting until we have a bad marker or it's like full-blown disease state. And this is unfortunately what the conventional system goes by. It's we kind of wait till it's a disease state because we don't really we don't really work on prevention. And for me, it's really about prevention and helping you feel optimal now, not when shit is even worse, right? And this is where it's going to be more effective. Like you want to start as early as possible. And there's always something that you can do because for me in my practice, yes, I do look at tests. If you bring that to me, but that's not what I focus on. I focus on what is your lifestyle? What is your personal history? What is going on internally on a mental level, on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, energetic level? How are you living? All of these things, the choices you're making, all of these things are going to impact how you feel, your physical health, the blood test results, all of these things. And these are things that we can look at and shift right now without even needing a test. So that's what I mean about blood tests. Next one is sacrificing your needs and pleasure. So this is a big one too that I had to learn where it was like, I guess I have to follow this really restrictive diet that makes me want to like binge eat because I guess that's how I'm going to stop my cravings or heal my acne or whatever. And we focus on what everyone else is doing or that formula or that protocol or these rules that we think we need to follow. And we don't pay attention to like, what are my needs? What do I actually want? What brings me pleasure? And a lot of the time, this is also pertaining to like achieving and hustling and prioritizing everybody else over ourselves. And at the end of the day, we're depleted, we're deprived. And no wonder we are binge eating. We are finishing a whole bag of chips. We are, you know, binging Netflix because we did not prioritize our needs at all that day. We focused on everyone else, everything else, and we are resentful and we're frustrated and we're burnt out. And so this is a recipe for not only deep sense of unfulfillment and resentfulness and issues in your relationship and pretty much every area of your life, but also health-wise because you're not filling up your own cup. And so usually this can only last a certain amount of time before your body 
gives you a huge wake-up call where it's like, I need you to listen to me. And so this is what happened with me. Um, I had a big wake-up call and I kind of had to be like, okay, after trying the quick fixing route, I started to look internally, started to focus on root cause healing. And that's where things really started to change. So I think it's really been conditioned and programmed into our brains that these things are just such a waste of time and they're not mandatory and they're not important. And it's more important to focus on everything else and to achieve and to work and to whatever. This is what we've really got gotten wrong. And this is also what will completely put you in the wounded masculine and feminine energy where you are, again, focusing on getting somewhere, achieving something, doing, and this is where you are disconnected from your feminine energy. And the feminine energy is all about receiving and pleasure and intuition and flow and creativity. And when we're not connected to that part, then all of those things can be the, the opposite, like it can be more forceful and more draining and we're we're really in the mind we're not in this like we're not in our bodies we're not paying attention to ourselves and this can definitely impact your female hormones if you are not having a balance between the masculine and the feminine and you're not able to tap into the feminine so this is a really big conversation and i talk more about this inside of my course the intuitive woman and this is work that I do deeper inside of my program, Unleashed and Untamed, that's launching this month. So if you're interested in learning more about that, I definitely recommend checking out the course. And if you want to apply to work with me, you can also do that. But we also be tapping into this inside of the Mind Body Reset on Monday, January 8th. So I highly recommend joining us if you want to tap into more of that. Next one is long, intense fasting. So this can also get a lot of like resistance because fasting is good for you. And yes, there's many benefits to fasting, but it depends on how you're doing it, what kind of fast, because usually the sweet spot is about 12 to 14 hours, especially for cycling women. If you go beyond that, especially if you're under a lot of stress, you're exercising, you got a lot of stuff going on, then you're adding stress on top of stress on top of stress. This is a big stress for the female body. It has been shown to be more beneficial and studies are mostly done on post-menopausal women and men, which have a very different hormonal profile than women who are cycling, who still have their period, their you know, reproductive age. And so this is important to really understand that there's a lot of context involved here and bio-individuality. From what I've seen, I've experienced, experienced within myself and the research that has been done, which is still, there's a lot more that's needed. When we go for too long, it can increase cortisol and really be a big stressor on the body. This is something that I definitely experimented with. And I noticed as well, for me, the sweet spot is about 12 to 14 hours. And because you do want to break from food, but you don't want to push it either. So that's my little rant on fasting. The next one is out supplementing an unhealthy lifestyle. Another lesson I had to learn early on, I think it's really easy to get swept down the rabbit hole of superfoods and biohacking and supplements. All of these things can be helpful, but they are 
supplementing the foundations to health. These are the things that you can add on, but you can't replace them. So for instance, this is something that I focus on with my clients, of course. And I also talk about inside of my PCOS course, but it comes down to your sleep, your nutrition, your fun, pleasure, all of those sort of things that are filling up your cup. And the way that you're essentially living, like your exposure to daylight, your circadian rhythm, your connection with nature, like all of these things that are foundations to living optimally for our health in a way that's really going to nourish us. And that's really essential to health. These are things that we're going to have to look at first. So it's really the lifestyle piece. Because if those things are not in place, if you are having a really poor sleep quality and poor sleep hygiene, if you are not nourishing yourself and actually eating whole foods that are nutritious, if you're not taking care of your stress and incorporating lots of stress management practices and relaxation practices and like fun, and you have, you know, a sense of purpose and fulfillment in your life and healthy relationships and all of those things, then supplements are not going to work as well. And this is where it's a lot uh, more effective and cost effective to supplement when you actually have the pieces of the healthy lifestyle, quote unquote, versus you're ignoring that and you're just taking supplements. It's going to be more of a waste of money. So we really want to focus on the foundations always and add on to that. Next one is being a victim to your genes. So this is something that I also um, had a big lesson when it came to healing. And for me, it was like, everything was PCOS. I was like obsessed about finding out how to overcome these symptoms. And it was like PCOS diet this and PCOS this. And I can't do that because I have PCOS and all of these things. And it was just like my identity. And I think it's really easy to sort of use the diagnosis as a way of sort of giving up and giving your power away. That's the biggest one because yes, genes do have an impact, but epigenetics have a greater impact. And this is where lifestyle factors and all of the inner healing can impact how your genes express themselves. So when we just take it as like, well, these are my genes or whether it's PCOS or anything else, then we give our power away and we don't actually take responsibility for our health and we don't take responsibility where we can actually take responsibility, what we have control over, right? We don't have control over our genes, but we have control over how they express themselves through the way that we are living and thinking and feeling and all these things. So that's the big turning point for me was when I went beyond the identity of having PCOS and connecting back to like who I actually am and that PCOS is really just a symptom. The last one is quick fixing lifelong imbalances. So I kind of honed in on this a little bit, but 
this is also something that um, was a big learning lesson for me because at the beginning it was about, again, the diets, the pills, supplements, the superfoods for PCOS. But then it was like my gut was highly inflamed. My blood sugar was all over the place. I wasn't eating really the way that I am, my body really likes best. I wasn't eating an anti-inflammatory diet. I had a lot of self-worth issues and emotional trauma and limiting beliefs and all sorts of things that were going on under the surface that were imbalances that had been lifelong or for many years of my life. And this is where we can't just take a supplement and hope that that will fix these sorts of imbalances. Again, they can help, but they're not going to get to the root cause. And so this is where the deeper healing work came into effect, where I looked at balancing my blood sugar, reducing inflammation, managing my stress. This was a big piece. Processing my emotions, regulating my nervous system. Huge, huge, huge. One of the biggest ones. Um, balancing my masculine and feminine energy. So this came with a lot of inner healing work, inner child healing, shadow work. It came with a lot of healing in my relationships with communication and setting boundaries and voicing what I wanted and how I felt and all of this inner work that I had not addressed. And so this is the stuff that is really important if we do want to really heal over the long term. So what are we bringing in? What would I focus on instead? What would I um, prioritize? Because I talked about the things that I would leave behind and the things that, um, that I want to talk about that are like in, you know, they're like approved. So obviously this is not an extensive list or this is like, there are many more things I could say, um, but these are something that came to mind. So the first one is developing an intuitive relationship with my body. So this was a big piece for me too. That's something that I talk about inside of the PCOS course. And it's really about starting again to develop that connection with your body, that intuitive relationship with your body, so that you don't need to rely on a diet or someone else telling you what to eat. And you can actually feel like, oh yeah, my body actually works best with this. Because when I, when I have worked with clients, especially more around the nutrition piece, um, yes, there was guidance around it. There were suggestions, but they actually came back to me sometimes being like, you know what? I actually tried this. And this has been really working well for me. And I added this in and I've been playing around with this and I've been feeling like really good. And I think this is like really a way that um, my body responds well. So it's like, you are going to be the deciding person with how you're eating. Yes, you can get information and suggestions and recommendations, but ultimately you are going to develop that intuitive relationship with your body and with food. Syncing your workouts to your cycle. So this is, um, again, something I talked about where I talked about high intensity workouts all month long are out. So we want to be more intuitive, like looking at 
okay, second half of my cycle, I'm going to tone things down a little bit. Maybe I'm going to do some body weight exercises or more Pilates or whatever instead of the HIIT workouts and the CrossFit and the cardio and the heavy weights. So we want to start to become more intuitive and aware of where we are in our cycle. And if you're like, I don't have a cycle, I don't have a period, then this is something I also address when it comes to, you can actually sync with the moon. So I talk about this inside of my cycle synced PCOS recipe bundle, as well as my PCOS course. So I'll put all the links in the show notes for that. But again, it's like a more intuitive approach to how you're moving your body. And then also being aware of like, where am I in my cycle? Because sometimes it can be hard, hard for us to like tone it down when we've been programmed to prioritize doing more or going harder. Like we think that's more effective and we should be sweating and dying at the end of a workout, but it's like, no, <laughs> we don't want to feel that way. And this can also give you more permission to like, oh yeah, I'm in this phase of my cycle. That means that it's probably better if I tone it down. Actually, I really do feel like I want to tone it down, but it almost gives you that ink, that additional permission slip that sometimes we need. Next one is releasing repressed anger and shame. I've talked about this before on my Instagram and on my podcast, but these are emotions that are very tied in to manifestations of symptoms, whether it's cysts or acne or headaches or cycle issues, reproductive issues. There's so many ways that our unprocessed emotions can show up physically. And science is also showing this now more and more, which is really awesome. But the reason why I talk about anger and shame specifically is because these ones are very commonly overlooked by women and repressed because there's a lot of fear around it and judgment and learning that it's not okay to express these sorts of things or feel these sorts of things. And so this is what's in our bodies though. And so when I work with women inside of my program, Unleashed and Untamed, a lot of the work we're doing is around releasing these repressed emotions and you know, healing those underlying wounds and there is, there is a lot of stuff that can be held under the surface, but then when we process it in a way that is safe and regulated, this is where we can alchemize that. And it's almost like this, it's like this pressure, this heaviness that is released from our bodies that we didn't even know was there because it's just become a part of us. So this is a big, important piece. And I think that is so vital for healing in general, but also women's hormones is releasing repressed anger and shame. Next one is slow movement over cardio. So kind of coming back to the syncing your workouts. Again, we're not demonizing any workouts here. They're all great, but we really want to be strategic with them. And why I say slow movement is because we have been prioritizing, again, the higher intensity stuff, the cardio. Um, it can seem like, yeah, cardio is going to be more effective because, you know, I'm sweatier and I'm putting more effort. But again, this, this is counterintuitive to specifically cycling women. And when it comes to the amounts of stress that people in general on a day-to-day -day basis feel, when we're constantly putting more and more and more and more and more on ourselves, 
it's going to backfire on us. It's going to dysregulate cortisol levels and sex hormones. And so we do need to also add in the slow movement. It's not um, useless. It's actually very important. And that's also going to help bring down the cortisol. It's actually been shown to reduce the fear response in the brain, like walking and uh, reduce cortisol levels. And that's like one of the number one things that I see affect women's hormones is cortisol. Next one is prioritizing fun, rest, and pleasure. Talked a little bit about this too, um, but actually making that like a priority, like scheduling it in if you have to, because this is going to be like the slow movement. It's going to be really vital for replenishment and reducing stress levels, reconnecting back to your authentic self, to your feminine energy, all of those things. Eating all macronutrients. So I think I talked about this enough already, um, but stopping with the demonizing, like all macronutrients are really important and we should be prioritizing all of that. Next one is real food over trendy food. So again, with like the Franken food, the, um, all of the new stuff that's coming out and the fake meats and all of these things that have like all of this huge list of ingredients, real food is going to be number one. Can never replace it. It's just the trendy food is a lot of the time very processed and our bodies don't recognize it. They don't know what to do with it. It's usually inflammatory and not um, blood sugar balancing. So again, it's not about like you can never have treats or those kinds of foods, but making the majority of your diet real food and that is going to be like the foundation. Addressing your root causes is the next one. So I talked about this quite a bit already, but we're ditching the quick fixing and we're looking at the root causes because it's not just about your physical health, but also how you feel, how you show up, what you attract in your life, the, the quality of your relationships, um, the abundance that you attract, the way that you actually feel about yourself, like addressing the root causes doesn't just impact your physical health. It actually impacts everything. And it also impacts like future generations because this includes, which is my next point, healing trauma. And when we heal our own wounding and trauma and nervous system dysregulation, all these things, we do the inner child healing, shadow work. Then we are, we are like not passing that down to the next generation. We're passing healing down to the next generation versus dysfunction and attachment wounds and limiting beliefs and scarcity and nervous system dysregulation and all of these sorts of things. So it, it's not just about you, actually. It goes way beyond you. And even if you don't have a family and you don't have kids, it still impacts everyone that you come in contact with. Obviously, if you have a partner, family, and it impacts obviously your quality of life. So it's really about addressing the root causes. Next one is daily stress management practices that activate the parasympathetic state. So, I mean, these are, this could be anything, meditation, breath work, grounding, um, sighing, singing, havening, somatic, like touch practices with the body, 
um, gargling, humming, tapping. There's so many practices that can help to get your body in a parasympathetic state, in a relaxed state, in a grounded state. And it's important that we do this like on a daily basis. And even if it's just a few minutes, it's going to really have a big impact. So this is something that I will also address in the mind body reset that is coming next week on January 8th. Um, so I highly recommend getting in there if this is something you want to dive deeper into and, you know, have tools and resources at your fingertips. And I also go deeper, deeper into this inside of the intuitive woman course. And of course my one-on-one coaching. What is next? The last one is being patient and trusting your body knows what to do. It's interesting because through my health journey, which has been like over 10 years now, and my business journey, entrepreneurship journey, which has been six years now, I keep seeing the same sort of patterns and lessons that come up. And one of them is expecting quick results. And... Yeah, trying to bypass the journey, the process, the healing, the work. And it's not to say that results can't come quickly. They definitely can. But it's ironically when you surrender, when you let go, when you trust, that it actually accelerates. It's very annoying. This is, <laughs> It's like the laws of the universe. But the more that you try to fix something, you need something to change, you are like desperate and you're like, obsessively searching it's like it's like when you when you lose something like your sunglasses or something you're trying to find them and you look everywhere in the house or like even your passport you're like I need to find this I need to find this and then you're like you know what I'll let it go I'll find it I will find it and it will be fine and everything will work out and you actually let it go then it's funny how either your mind comes up with oh I think you should go look in that drawer or somebody brings it to you or you see it somewhere like right in front of you. It's kind of the same thing. It's like the less that you need the thing, the more that, the more quickly you'll actually get it and more effortlessly. And so when it comes to healing as well, it's really being patient and trusting your body because your body knows what to do and you will learn what you need to learn in the right timeline and the right way. And that is something that's also out of your control. So looking at what can I control, but then trusting and being patient because healing also requires that. It, it requires a step back. And the more pressure we put on it, the more stress we put on ourselves. And when we're in that stress state, healing can't happen. So it's like we are pressing on the gas and the brake at the same time. So those are my ins and outs. If you have PCOS and you actually want to heal, get results, feel better this year. This is why I want to share with you. If I had one recommendation, it would be don't get swept down the trendy rabbit hole in 2024. Focus on healing from the inside out by addressing the foundations to health, the root causes, and this starts with how you are living, really paying attention to you instead of what everyone else is doing. This will get you way farther than continually searching for the latest 
biohacking trend, the superfood or the supplement. So if you're ready for the next step, there are lots of ways that you can get into my world, work with me, learn more. So the Mind Body Reset, I would definitely recommend. That starts on January 8th. Otherwise, the PCOS course is really the first sort of step if you really want to learn the ins and outs of managing your PCOS naturally. This is a self-paced course, so you have lifetime access to it. You can go at it at your own pace. I also have other resources that I mentioned that I'll put in the show notes. And Fem Harmony will also be opening, which is a shorter term one-on-one way to work with me to live in harmony with your cycles and help you to balance your hormones naturally so that you have a natural approach to healing your relationship with food in your body, managing PCOS, hormone balancing, and really looking at like the foundational pieces versus continuing to throw spaghetti on the wall and trying to fit all of these Google searches and what everyone is saying online together. Let's bypass that. Let's focus on you. Let's focus on the foundations and get you going so that you can actually create change this year. So I will put all of the links in the show notes. If you are interested in working one-on-one with me, you can apply in the in the show notes, there's a link to actually fill out a form. And from there, we can hop on a call and discuss like what would be the best container for you and go from there. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Love to hear any takeaways you have. And I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. <laughs>